Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good? Man, it's great to see all your smiling faces. My name is Courtney. Uh, thank you for having me here. My family and I were excited to be here with you today and to share with you today. So um, I got you guys for about three hours. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. If you're new here, I'm just joking. And so uh, we're so grateful to be here today. And thank you for your pastors and leadership team inviting us out. Uh, I don't know why they bring us back, but we're going to see what happens today. We're going to get into God's word, man. And so uh, let's go ahead and pray. Uh, most of gracious Father, Lord, we just come to you. We just thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. And God, we're just grateful to hear what you want to speak to us uh, through your word. I pray that all hearts and minds are receptive to what you want to say uh, to us today. And God, I pray that you increase as I decrease. And please let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, for you are my strength, you are my redeemer. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. All right, give your neighbor a high five. Tell them it is about to go down. Give your neighbor a high five. Tell them it's about to go down. Some of y'all are like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I want to do that. But, uh, man, it's, it's great to be here with you guys. I heard you guys been in an awesome series called uh, Stranger Summer Things, right? It's been a phenomenal series, right? Uh, all the pastors have been p- pouring their heart out, and, and I heard you guys have been talking and focusing on uh, rest, and particularly just recently been focusing on relationships, what happens to deal, uh, particularly with the family and the family structure and everything and, and what God's wanted us to do with that. And speaking of rest, how many know that, you know, power naps are a blessing from God? <laughs> Man, I got some look. You got some of your eight massy hands going up all over the place. I'm telling you, it is a blessing from God and it is a spiritual gift of mine. That the power nap, man, I just, especially on a Sunday, like today, they open up the window, a little breeze come through, recline back, man, and just, you know, let God have his way in your life, right? Uh, <laughs> power naps are a blessing. And it's funny because I, I love talking to little kids. I just talked to one outside earlier. I mean, I talk to little kids and I see them and I like, man, they're a little, you know, cute two or three year old or whatever. And I start whispering in their ear, take lots of naps. <laughs> And the parents look at me, and they're kind of like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, take lots. It's cute right now. You know what I mean? Like, if I can go back and be two or three again or four, man, I would carry a pillow and blanket with me everywhere I go. And I just toss it down, lay in the corner. And, and it's cute when you're little because they're like, oh, he must be tired. Look at him. People take pictures and everything. If I do that now, dude, he's lazy, man. Get to work, right? You know, they're kicking you. Wake up. You can't sleep, right? So do it. If you're a kid, kids. Take naps. I'm telling you why it's cute, right? And so now uh, power naps are a blessing from God. And, and how many know that family is a blessing from God? You know, whether it can be biological, spiritual family. or man, A lot of times family are people that you just didn't grow up with. You know, I'm former military. Me and my queen are both former military. Served, uh, what, 10 and a half years? Uh, United States Army. So we're both former. And we got, I got literally brothers that I didn't grow up with them or anything. And so the, the, the word family is a very powerful word. And it goes beyond just blood. It goes beyond so many different things. But I want to read this quote to you about family. I think it's so powerful. It says, having somewhere to go is home. Having someone to love is a family. And having both is a blessing. Having somewhere to go is home, having someone to love is family, and having both is a blessing. And you know, you guys have been in this series for the past few weeks of Stranger Summer Things. You've been talking about some very, I think, very important things of, of rest, and, and, and part of that is like, you know, Pastor George talked about the Sabbath and everything, and then last week, Pastor Scott was even teaching about vision for your family and different things, and, and it is our hope as, as the pastors, it is our hope as, as teachers here um, that you just don't leave out with just a good 
word. That you just don't leave out and just heard a good a message, a good sermon. It is our, it is our prayer, it is our earnest desire that when you walk out of here, you walk out of here with action. You walk out of here saying, this is the thing that I'm going to implement in my life. Matter of fact, James chapter, chapter 1, verse 22, it says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Um, again, it's never our goal to get up here to, in, to impress you. Uh, man, I'm, I'm not that good. I'm funny looking, man. I'm short, right? And it's not any of that to impress you, but to impact you, to say something that God speaks through us to that, that it moves you to action. It literally impacts the core of who you are, impacts the heart of you, and, and moves to that. How many of you know this? not just enough to know? I'll, I'll prove that. There are people in jail who knew. Right, if you ask them, did you know that was wrong? Yep. It's not just enough to know. It's more about the decisions we make, the, the things that we, that we have happen in life, the choices that we make um, in our life. You know, matter of fact, speaking of uh, stranger summer things, um, every time I come, I like coming here to Whitewater Church, man, because um, this is like my therapy session, and I get to just talk about things. And last time I think I was here, I was talking about the roundabout, right? And yield doesn't mean stop. If there's no one there, you just keep it moving, right? Amen, right? No, okay, pray for me, man. God. <laughs> Yield me. Anyway, it's not a stop sign. If no one's there. Keep going. And so I always, it's something about traffic around here in Washington State. Uh, you know, we're from the south, man. And I didn't have road rage, so I moved up here. And, uh, and I'm trying to get delivered to that, man. But... Um, so this is my therapy session. I, I talk about these things. But in the Lacey Olympia area, I don't know what's going on, but um, I think they got blessed and got some money, which is a good thing, right? And they got money to be able to fix the roads. I mean, you know, we want better roads, right? Yeah. Good, right? This is, this is north and south this is east and west. So north and south, good, right? <laughs> fix roads, okay? I know some of you are like north and south, east and west. It's, it's, it's an army thing. We'd be like north and south, okay, east and west, like, no, okay. I'm just saying a bunch of random stuff right now. Um, <laughs> I promise I'm going somewhere with this in this therapy session. But it's a bunch of orange cones because they're working on the roads. And, you know, I'm sitting there, I was talking to my wife the other day, my queen. I was, I was upset, man. I'm venting because I'm like, why wasn't I invited to the meeting on fixing the roads? And here's why. Because I would have been the guy in there be like, no, that's not a good idea. So the good idea, Ferry, uh, somebody was like, hey, Let's, you know, let's go ahead and uh, fix all the roads. But instead of doing it at a low traffic time, how about we fix the roads at the most highest traffic time? Like where people are on their way to work and lunch and stuff like that. Let's make, you know, four lanes, one lane at that time. That's, the be- that's a good idea, right? And I can imagine somebody was in the meeting and somebody else was sitting over there. I got an even better idea. Check this out. Watch this. I got a good idea. I got a good idea. How about uh, not only do we, you know, fix the roads, but we work on all the roads at the same time. Let's not stagger it out. No, no, let's work on all of them at the same time. So I leave out of my house, and every single where I go, I got that person with the slows, you know, the little flip joint right there. And you're sitting there waiting like, oh, my God. What is, I mean, there's no, I have no other side road to leave out of. And so I'm upset about that. Y'all, y'all pray for me, you know, right, because I'm going through it, man. And uh, I told them, I'm just going to start running over orange cones, man. I just, I'm, I'm dreaming about orange cones and, and work ahead and, and bumps. And, you know, I'm like, man, get rid of the orange in my life, right? And so, man, I went in my closet. I think I threw out everything. Yeah, anything orange, man. I'm like, just throw it out. Throw out oranges, man. I didn't throw out orange juice though, not yet, because uh, orange is my favorite. But how many know those are good decisions? But there probably wasn't the best decision. And in life, which kind of leads me to the sermon topic today, in life, 
Not all decisions are between what's good and bad. Sometimes decisions are between what's good and what's best. Decisions between good and bad are easy. We can make decisions between good and bad real easy because bad usually is an inconvenience in my life. If I make a bad decision, it maybe causes pain in my life or causes grievance in my life. So we are actually probably experts in making good decisions. We make good decisions all the time. But today I want to talk about getting into the place that we make the best decisions in our life. And you may ask, what's the difference between the two? Well, here's the difference between the two. If you make a good decision, usually good decisions are temporary. They only last for just a short bit of time. But whenever you make the best decision, decision, best decisions pay you out long term. You know, it's interesting thing is uh, in society, um, we, we love this thing called average. And here's why we love average. I want to know why? Average, uh, well, here's, here's the bottom, right? Or whatever. Here's low, here's the bottom. And here's average. We like average because it's top of the bottom. But when you really think about it, it's also the bottom of, oh, who said that best? God bless you. You got it. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? And, and a lot of times we get good at making the good decisions in life. And again, good decisions are good. But I want to talk about how do we get to the place of making the best decisions, the best decisions of, of, of our life. You know, um, good decisions, again, usually pay a short term. But today we're going to talk about some things. And, and man, you're going to laugh at, at, at our expense. And that's okay, man. I'm going to open up a little bit and share some of our journey. I got my queen's permission. Did I? I got my, okay, nope. <laughs> Can I tell them some stuff? <laughs> was that north and south? She was like, you know, like, that was all of it, like. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to share some things with you guys today. <laughs> Y'all pray for us, man, if we walk out here hand in hand. Uh, and uh, we're going to share some things today. And it's funny, man, uh, you know, man, it, we, we are this, this uh, Sunday, next Sunday, next Saturday, excuse me. Man, I'm all, she's giving me the eye right now. <laughs> Next Saturday, August 31st, is our anniversary. And so uh, we'll be married 16 years. 16 years, yeah, I know, right? Um, it was funny how we met. So um, I, moved, I moved to Dallas, and I moved here with my mom. And, and, man, I'm just like, man, broke, busted, and disgusted. And she's like, you want to come to church with me? I'm like, yeah, I go to church. And, I, you know, I grew up in church. But I walk into church, man. And I swear to God, man, when, when my queen walked in, she wasn't my queen at the time. But when she walked in, man, like, everybody in the room disappeared, and she was just glowing. She didn't even walk. I think she just levitated, just was like, and I was like, who is that? So I go home. I go home with my mom's like, yo, hey, who's that one girl? And she was like, who? I was like, that one girl. And she was like, shine? And I was like, well, shine on then, girl. I was like, yo, yeah, because her name's shine, right? And so I was like, well, shine on then, girl. Like, yo, and my mom's like, nope, 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 uh-uh, she's a good girl, nope. I said, hey, yes, yes. Mom's like, nope, no. I was like, yes. <laughs> so... Long story short, I get introduced to her, and soon as I meet her, as soon as I get introduced to her, no, true story. She's sitting right here, you can verify. True story. As soon as we got introduced, hey, this is Courtney to shine. And I looked at her, I said, girl, I'm going to marry you, watch. And she was like, what? And here we are, 16 years later, so I won. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Did I? <laughs> When I was in third grade, my teacher taught us this little song called Good, Better, Best. Never let it rest until the good is the better and the better is the best. 
And every day, in every way, I am getting better. And she was always gives this message of never settling just for good, but go after what's best. Go after what's best in, in every single aspect of your life. And a lot of times we think of it in monetary ways and in profiting ways. No, it's just making those true best decisions in our lives. So I got three points for you today. I tried to give you four, but it just wasn't flowing. No, I'm just kidding. But I got three points today, and we're going to share these things with you, and then we'll get out of here. But uh, point number one is to grow up. Look to your neighbor and say, grow up. <laughs> oh, y'all said that with enthusiasm, right? <laughs> Let's try this again. Look to your other neighbor and say, grow up. <laughs> okay, this is going to be a tough one today. That's the cool part about being a guest speaker. I can just come say some stuff and then leave and then Pastor George and then we got it. No, I'm just kidding. I love them so much. Um, but grow up. And I'm only talking about things that I had to deal with, things that I had to, had to realize in my life. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, when I was a child, it says, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. So, so let's break this down a little bit. If we just look at that first part of it. It says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. So we're going to turn that backwards. How you reason, how you believe, how you put things together, and that's what reasoning means, it determines how you think. And based on how you think determines what you say. Are you all with me? So it says, basically, he was saying how I was thinking and putting things together. And, and when I was a child, there's a certain ways that I thought. I mean, you know, children think a certain way, man. I love watching, you know, like children talk and give their take, take on the world and how they think. And sometimes it's just hilarious, man, the stuff kids come up with, right? Hilarious. But anyway, um, man, I'm just off the chain today. Man, it's, 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 it's amazing how their mind gets to putting things together and figuring things out. It says when I was a child, uh, I spoke like a child, thought like a child, reasoned like a child. So it's based on how I believe things, how I put things together. It determines how I think, and then how I think determines how I speak, what comes out of my mouth. So based on what you're saying, I can tell you how, you've, how you think, and then based on that, I can tell you how you've been putting things together. It's interesting, the story of a gentleman, he was blind, born blind, and, and he's always wanted his sight, man, and so he heard about a service somewhere, and he's like, man, if you go to this service, it's a healing service and, and testimony service, and you go there, man, I'm telling you, people have been getting out of wheelchairs and getting off of crutches and, and just miraculously healed. If you get to this service, you'll be good. So he gets a plane ticket, and he gets to that service, he gets to that place, and man, he's in there for like three or four hours just waiting for his turn in line to get prayed for, and finally gets up there to the altar, and people are praying and laying hands, and man, they're praying and praying and praying and praying, and finally, guess what? His eyes open. He's able to see everything. That's a miracle, right? Miraculous, right? But he says, I can't believe it, and he goes back blind. The power in our words, the things that we speak, but it also tells you what he was thinking. It probably was some doubt in his mind, probably wondering, and it goes even back to how he was piecing things together. And it's interesting because it said, when I was a child, I, I spoke like a child, and I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But watch this. When I became a man, who pushed the childish things away? You can become of age, but still have some childlike tendencies, some childish ways that you're operating. I love watching the little kids, man, in the back or wherever, wherever I got love watching kids because I'm like, man, this is about to be good later on in life. Because if little Susie doesn't get rid of that stingy behavior she got or she doesn't like to share her chores, eventually little Susie's going to be somebody's supervisor and she doesn't want to share a promotion. She doesn't want to share a bonus in her life. Eventually, if she doesn't get that figured out that she needs to be generous in life, she's going to carry some childlike tendencies in life with her. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? 
If, if little, little Johnny here, he has these temper tantrums, man, if he doesn't get that figured out, he's going to carry that and he's going to be now going off and having roll rage or whatever on I-5 traffic and going off on somebody or cutting people off. If he doesn't get that figured out, he's going to carry that with him into his adult life. There were so many things that my queen and I carried with us that were childlike tendencies. Yeah, I'm a grown man by age, right? I'm a grown man. Can I tell me what to do? But I was operating in some childlike tendencies that I didn't put away. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Y'all want me to leave? (laughs) What are some childish ways that I haven't put away yet? It says when I became, I put them away. So it doesn't mean that they, because you become an, a, a, a legalized adult or whatever. Is that right? I can say it like that. Yeah. It's because you can become 18 or 19 or whatever. doesn't mean that they automatically go away. It's things that I had to put away. It's things that we had to put. Man, in the first five years of our marriage, four years, right? Four years was like, woo. It was World War Three in that joint. Like the day of the marriage was beautiful, man. Flowers and pictures and everything. And then, man, the next day we woke up and I was like, whoa, we both like, who are you? What did we get ourselves into? Arguing and fights and so many things happening and everything. And then, I mean, we had main events, right? You know, with the really, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. I'm in my corner, in the blue corner. She's in our corner. Like, let's, yo, I'm taking you out today, right? It's like, man. But today we have sparring sessions. Some of y'all are like, y'all still fight? Yeah, we still argue. But here's the difference. Main event, you're trying to win and take the other one out. Sparring session, you actually spar with a friend, with a partner to get better. She's not my target. I'm not her target. We have sparring sessions because really, ultimately, we're trying to get better. Are are y'all hearing that? But before we could do that, there were some childlike things that were operating. You know, it's funny, man. I'm so childish because I was trying to hold little grudges, man. And so we had this argument. And, and uh, for the fellas in the house, let me give you a little secret, okay? Argue after dinner. Because <laughs> women fight unfair. And my queen is such a good, you know, arguer. I'm, I'm a slow arguer. And so I think about two, three days later what I should have said. You know, I'm two or three days later, we're like, oh, man, I should have said that. That's what I, hey, you remember the other day when we were, we're good now. We didn't already made up, but it's kind of too late. But I got to say that point that I should have said three days, but don't get mad because we're good now. But I just want to make sure to let you know I came up with something. I got to come back for that. I got everybody that slow arguers in here. You'd be like, oh, man, that'd be so good. I should have said that. Hey, hey. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Hey, you remember? <laughs> She's like, grow up. <laughs> but here I am trying to, be, trying to be salty, right? And I'm upset. You know, we had a little argument and everything. And then, you know, my queen, she doesn't, she doesn't play fair when it comes to the argument stuff. So here I am. I'm upset, man. I, you know, and I think our apartment is like 600 square feet or something, right? And so you have, you know, you're trying, to, you're trying to be mad and not see each other, but... But you're all close together. You're trying to write. Everybody's doing the. Everybody's in the small kitchen trying to navigate. But it's, it's so awkward, man. Like, you're just trying to. Like, clearly you're here and I'm here, right? But everybody's trying to, you know, silent treatment and everything. So then she has the audacity, right? The I can't believe her, this low blow that she did. She decides to cook dinner. Ain't too bad. Cook dinner. I'll find me something to eat in a minute, you know, right? Cook dinner. So it's smelling good, that aroma, you know, like the cartoons start. I'm like, oh, man. 
And then she goes and fixes me a plate. You ready to eat, babe? Maybe. <laughs> I eat when I get ready. Now, deep on the inside, like, bro, just hold out for 30 seconds, be tough, just make it look, you know, we got to put up a good front. You know, go sit down and get my chair. Sit down and get everything, you know, you know, everything mad, the napkin, you're right. I'm, I'm upset. Start eating it. Oh, Lord, my God, man, start changing my life. <laughs> she was like, how was dinner? Said, all right. <laughs> Five minutes later, man, I'm sorry, you know, I, just, I don't know what I was thinking, man. You know, forgive me, you know how I get sometimes, right? <laughs> so argue after dinner. I don't know what you, I, don't, I just told y'all that for, anyway, that's just wisdom. <laughs> But childlike ways, right, of being stubborn, childlike tendencies that we brought into our marriage, that we brought into our relationships. And I say just relationships, not just relationships between me and her, relationships at work, whoever I had encounters with, you know, just operating in childlike tendencies. Just because you become of age doesn't mean the childlike behaviors go away. But the key is, remember, we're talking about this good decisions versus best decisions. Some of the best decisions I made was to get rid of some of the immaturity that I had that I had in my life. Um, you know what? Let's, oh, I guess I might as well go ahead and say this. Uh, we're going to get in trouble today. Okay. Uh, where's my bodyguard at? All right. <laughs> I had a gentleman come into my life one time, and he said something very powerful to me, and it rocked my world. Because I was the guy with the Madden tournaments and all types of stuff, and, and I mean, I'm watching ESPN nonstop, right, because it's important stuff, right? It's real to, I mean, I'm in Seahawk country right now. Y'all get it, right? It's important stuff. It's real. And it, the gentleman said to me, he said, uh, he said, you know why men play video games and stuff like that and do all of that? I don't know why. He says, because they're not winning. He says, they're not winning in real life. I was like, elaborate for me. He says, on the inside of us as men, we have something that we need to conquer. We need to win. We need to go after. He says, so, because maybe we're not winning in our marriages or our families or different things, we go find other ways to win. And we'll get consumed with so many other things. We say, but the issue is, is that that victory that they had on TV or the level that you got is that the, the issue with that is that that doesn't propel your family for it, doesn't propel your future for it. Uh, as a matter of fact, whenever we get before God, God's not going to ask me what level I got to and whatever, you know, whatever game that was or how many tournaments I won. He's going to ask me, what about your wife? What about your children? What about your, your friendships? What about your relationships with the people I put into your life? What level are they at? Okay, no one's jumping up to attack me. Okay. This is big boy, big girl stuff, right? And so I made a, a best decision. I need to start winning in real life. And so it was a point in time where I couldn't hear the voice of, of my queen. I couldn't hear the voice of, of, of my kids and everything because I'm, I'm so consumed in the, in the highlights. I'm so consumed in the big game. And it's interesting, a gentleman was sharing with me a thought he had. And I was like, man, that's powerful. In other words, he said, what he heard, he says, man, you couldn't hear the voice of your queen because, you, because the bo voice of your boys was drowning out everything else. And I was like, wow, that's exactly right. That's exactly what was going on. And so now it's interesting because when my daughter comes up to me in the middle of the big game and she says, Daddy, can I show you something? It's, no, it's too easy for me to turn off the TV and take a knee with my little girl and, and maybe see the drawing that maybe is, is nothing to me or small to me, but it's huge to her. Or if my queen needs my attention. And you know what's very interesting? I watched it. I was talking to him about it after the first service. I said, actually, you know what? I rarely get interrupted in the big game. 
because I've been making all of these best decisions all throughout the week and all throughout the months that when a big game happens, actually my family is full. They've gotten everything that they needed from me, so I really get interrupted. You know, I wonder how that turned out. Wow. Matter of fact, they joined me. They got the jerseys and everything. By the way, I'm a Cowboys fan, so um, let me put that out there. (laughs) America's team. It's funny, I rarely get interrupted in the big things I want to do in life because I've made some best decisions that now are paying me long-term out. The best decision, we've been talking about some things with family and different things. Of be- and, this, and this is not just with family. This is in so many areas of our lives of not just making good decisions, but making the best decisions. Are y'all hearing me today? Y'all want me to move on? Somebody say, yep. <laughs> so point number two, point number two. As I begin to grow up, I then begin to realize I needed to make some changes. And one of the biggest changes I need to make is I, need to, I needed to change some things in my past. Every single one of us have a past. Y'all realize that, right? You're not, you weren't born if you don't have one. So the fact you're sitting here, every single one of us have a past. Uh, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. The old has passed away. And see, the new has come. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Again, as I began to realize and grow up in some things, I realized that I needed, I needed to change, change some things in my past. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa this is some weird talk right here. Uh, matter of fact, I need some help today. I need, I need a happily married couple. We got one in here? It should, it should be everybody jumping up. Oh, come on up. Come on up. Y'all happy married? Okay. Man, she, hey, hey, that was your cue to be like, yeah, yeah, she said. <laughs> come on, give them a hand. Come on up. Come give them a hand. Come on. What's up, man? It's a nice cross, dude. Thank you. Nice jacket, man. You know what I'm saying? That's good. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Good, man. Hi, how are you? Good. You claim him? Yes. Okay, yes. I know she was like, boom. Good job, man. That's wisdom. Right? My queen be like, we going, okay? All right, we out. You know what I'm saying? Best decisions right there. You just, all right, good, good. Okay, all right. So I'm going to help you make some changes to your past. I know some of y'all are like, Dead serious. Because probably we would most likely agree you can't change your past. Uh, I'm going to challenge you on that one today. The word says, we come into Christ, right? We come into his family. says, uh, behold, all things become new. Like the old has passed away and now it becomes new. And this is actually how God operates. It's so powerful. So we're going to have you stand right here. And we're going to call you today. Okay, so who is he? Today. And you're going to stand right here. A little gap. I know y'all are married in love and things. <laughs> Just for a moment. And we're going to call you yesterday in a good way, okay? <laughs> I know, I had to clear that up real fast. <laughs> he, is where he, he is where he's at today because of decisions he's made. So he's where he's at today because of decisions he has made. Are y'all with me? Okay. Write this next quote down. I'm going to try to elaborate on it. Today is yesterday's tomorrow. Today is yesterday's tomorrow. What do you mean by that? Today is Sunday. But at one point in time, Sunday was a tomorrow. Because yesterday we were in Saturday. And now Saturday is yesterday. So now Sunday is Saturday's tomorrow. Are you all with me? So today is yesterday's tomorrow. And I'm where I'm at in life. Now some things are out of control. I'm talking about the things that we can't control. 
where we're at in life today based on decisions we made yesterday. Based on the decisions I make today, now I need somebody, just anybody. Uh, sir, will you help me? Yep, you made eye contact. I'm sorry. That's, just, that's how I have to <laughs> Come on, give him a hand. Give him a hand. How you doing, man? Okay. So now, again, for example purposes, based on decisions you make today will determine where you're going to be. Guess who he is? Are y'all with me? We got today, yesterday, and so based on the decisions I make today determines where I'll be. All right, y'all ready to see how to change your past? So if I continue or if I get good at making better decisions or the best decisions today, eventually that moves over into yesterday. Tomorrow becomes today. I need somebody else come on up to be tomorrow. Oh, eye contact. <laughs> so again, the decisions I make today determines who is this? Tomorrow. Are y'all with me? I'm where he's where he's at today because of the decisions he's made. Y'all all slide down that way. <laughs> so now you become like, give me a t- another tomorrow. Somebody come on up. Eye contact. Let's get it. <laughs> she's where she's at today because of the decisions she's made. Yesterday. So based on the decisions she makes today will determine her. Tomorrow. Are y'all together? Yeah. That was strategic. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to go first and you go, you go be my tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> y'all did Y'all did that. Y'all set that up, right? Based on the same principle, he now becomes. So now, as he looks into his past, he sees all of the great decisions, the best decisions he has made, so you changed your past. Yeah. Oh, this, <laughs> did y'all get that? So many people think I can't change my past. Yes, you can. Because your past is based on past events. So if you want to change the picture of your past, what your past looks like, make the best decisions, make better decisions today, and eventually those become a bunch of yesterdays. So now when you look into your past, you have changed your past. Ah. Come on, give them a hand. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Come on. Give them a hand. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. So as I was growing up, I realized that I need to make better decisions. And there's decisions that God wanted me to start to make in him because that's what God does. He specializes in making things new. He specializes in, in getting rid of our past, erasing all of our sins. You read all throughout the Bible. That's what he does. He has like everything's in, in, in uh, what is it, not, not permanent marker, but dry erase marker, right? He's always, even though it may seem permanent in your life, but truly when God comes up on the scene and he wipes it out, now it's like dry erase and he erases it and he begins to write now a new past in your life. But it's based on making those best decisions with him involved because any decision with God involved becomes a best decision. That is the key ingredient to making best decisions and having God involved in it. All right, is that good? So based on that, let's look at no, point number three. Point number three, and we're almost done. So I, I, I learned that I need to grow up. I started to making better decisions to get to the best decision to change my past. And now look at this, number three. 
you are one best decision away. You are one best decision away. It was a good decision for me to date my queen. But it was the best decision to ask for a hand in marriage. It was a good decision for me to go out and gain employment to get a job. But it was the best decision to honor God in my giving and to, and to set a budget. Can somebody say amen, right? I mean, we, again, we're experts in making so many good decisions. Um, it was a good decision to have kids, but it was the best decision in our life to raise them in a God-loving home and, and to raise them in God-loving ways and to, and, to, and to nurture them and love them. You know, it's interesting because right now, my queen and I, we do not know what it feels like to be our children. Because we didn't, we didn't have that. We didn't have parents to come home to, mom and dad, and they love you. And we didn't have, um, uh, they love God and they love them. We, don't, we have no idea what it feels like to be, to be our, our children. But we made a choice that, you know what, we're not just going to make good decisions. We're going to make the best decisions. And we're going we're to raise our children in a loving environment and in a loving home. And, and we're going to make all these best decisions. Because, again, remember, best decisions bless you long term. Best decisions are, are, are not temporal, but they're long term. And, and the return on that is far greater than just making a good decision. So even here today, you're sitting here in this service and you're wondering about all these good decisions. Again, we're experts at good decisions, but I want to challenge you today to get to that next level, that next step. Let not these series just be great series or, or a great sermon you heard, a great nugget. What is that best decision that you need to make that will change the rest of your life? Not only change the rest of your life, but change the rest of your legacy. Change the rest of your last name. Remember talking about changing your past. Every single person in our family about our past, no one has ever been married more than like two years. Here we are about to celebrate 16 years. No one's ever really uh, owned a home in our family. We're first-time homeowners in our entire family. Uh, the degrees, no one ever had a degree. My wife has a bachelor's and master's and I'm pulling up the rear, slow me, trying to get a bachelor's degree right behind her, right? It's all these generational, watch this, getting rid of generational curses and now implementing generational blessings in our family. We're changing the legacy of our last name. And so even now, we don't call ourselves the Hickman family. We call ourselves the Hickman nation because I'm going to let years, 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 years and down the road, they're going to be talking about great, 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 great grandpa Courtney and, and the reason why we are here today is because he made a best decision to change the legacy of our name. So this is now why we exist. And the reason why we exist, you go ask my daughters, we exist to be a blessing to others. I'm not going to live on the curse of what, what was in our past. And now as I start to look at my children, I'm changing what our past looks like, what the past of our name looks like. Are y'all hearing me today? Making the best decisions in your life. Watch this. Uh, this passage here in Psalms 37, verse 4. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. A lot of times we quote this passage out of context. We quote it out of a wrong meaning because it's interesting. Who, who, wants, who wants their heart's desires granted, right? Yeah, I want my heart's desires. But let me tell you what this passage really means. You know, my daughter, my, uh, she's now seven, but uh, when she was like three or four, she had desires in her heart. She would come to dad for Monday breakfast and be like, dad, I think I want want some ice cream for breakfast. And guess what I said? No. <laughs> you need a you know, good breakfast, a wholesome breakfast. You need to eat a good meal. And so then she would walk away and be like, you know what, Dad? It's about 11, 30, 12. I don't think I need a nap. I need to stay up. I'm like, no, you need a nap, right? Or she'd come back again at dinner and say, well, ice cream didn't work. How about Skittles, right? And I'm like, no. This passage is not just, you know, let me get what I want. Let me get what I want, but on the contrary, I'm going to say a statement to him, and he's going to mess you up. He's probably going to look at me weird and everything. That's cool. That's all you've probably been looking at me weird for like the last 20 minutes. That's cool. But check it out. Here's the thing. I always get what I want. Some of them, man, he's arrogant. <laughs> well, here's why I can say that the way I say it. And here's how I always get what I want. I make what God wants for me what I want. Imagine this now, my, my daughter walks in to me and says, Dad, for breakfast I've been thinking. You know what, I think I should eat a good wholesome breakfast. 
They got to have some wheat and some fruit, you know, a nice, a nice glass of water. And I've also been thinking that, you know what, at 1130, I'm going to go ahead and lay myself down for a nap. Because I think, you know what, because, you know, I'm young and I need, I need the rest and I need to, you know, I need to really reboot my system. And I don't want to have a meltdown, you know, because, you know, and so, I, you know what, I think I should have a nap. And you know what, Dad, you know what, um, for dinner, I think I need, you know, all five major food groups for dinner. And then I'm going to go to bed at eight because, you know, I, you know I'm not going to have any sugar, so I'm bouncing off the walls. That's not good for me, you know. And I think I, these, are the, these are the desires of my heart, Dad. What do you think Dad's going to say? Hey, man, matter of fact, what else do you want? You want some ice cream? You want some Skittles? Right? Are y'all seeing what I'm saying? Because she made the desires that her, her father wants for her because I want the best for her. When she comes in and she lines up her desires and says, delight yourself in the Lord. When I delight myself in God and figure out what he wants for me and make those my wants, I always get what I want. <laughs> are y'all hearing this, right? And so let's, let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. You're one best decision away. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation in love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way. Having the same love united in spirit intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. Who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death, even to death on the cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him, gave him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven on earth and under earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One best decision away. You know, a lot of times when we look at this and, and, and we're talking about making the best decisions. And again, back in this series, I'm, I'm telling you, God's probably moving on your heart right now. Wow, I need to make that best decision. I need to make that choice. I need to make that, make that happen in my life. When you look at this, and a lot of times we talk about Jesus going to the cross, or Easter time is like a happy time, right? And we talk about it like Jesus was just skipping, ready to go to the cross. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to get beat down, and man, people are going to lie on me, man, and man, I'm about to get pierced in my side, and I'm about to get my arm dislocated, and man, my knees all banged up, and man, I'm about to get nails in my hands. Woo, let's get it, yeah. No. He was in the garden, and he was praying. He's praying to God, and it's just as real as it gets. And this is, this, is, this is my version. If there's a plan B, God, if I don't have to do this, then can, 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 I, can I skip out of it? Because in a few hours, it's about to get real. They're about to have chains around my neck. They're about to beat me beyond, I mean, literally beat beyond recognition where people that grew up with him, people, his own mother couldn't even recognize him. They're, they're about to ju- just destroy my body, and they're about to humiliate me in front of the world. And, and matter of fact, the cross, it was, it was so short that they had to dislocate his joints just to get his hands to line up to where the nails should go. And they're going to nail things in my hands, and then they're going to sit there and, and, and nail nails in my feet, man. I mean, I mean, I get a paper cut, man. I'm like, yo, and so, right? And so here it is. I'm about to get just, man, demolished. And if there's any other wait is there any plan b now's the time to speak god because man i'm really not feeling it but he says something very powerful he says nevertheless not my will be done but your will be done 
How many know it was a good decision for Jesus to come to earth and be amongst us and, and heal and preach and teach and, and do all these awesome, miraculous things? But how many know the best decision was for him to go to the cross? Because, again, good decisions pay you short term, but best decisions pay you long term. So over 2,000 years later, you and I are sitting here as benefactors of Jesus Christ making a best decision. And watch this. Here sometimes the best decision will cost you. But it's not necessarily about so much about what, what we get out of it, right? The best decision usually is not only what impacts us because a good decision usually impacts us, but a best decision is something that impacts people well beyond us, well beyond our, 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 our sphere of influence, well beyond the, the, the nucleus of where we're at in life. No, the best decisions are so much greater and, and beyond us. And what I'm challenging you today is can we be like Christ? Can we make those best decisions that pay out long term, that pay out best? And here it is. He's sitting there and he made a best decision. Some of you are sitting in here today. As I get ready to close, and there's some decisions. It's a good decision for you to show up to church today. It's a good decision for you to, to come in and, and hear a few sermons and everything. It's a good decision, but how many know there's the best choice that you, that you need to make? Some of you, maybe you need to make that best choice of asking Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, to, to come into your life. To Maybe today you need to confess that and believe that in your heart. Maybe some of you today, a best decision needs to happen, that we're doing baptism today. And I, I get it, man, I, I, I didn't come dressed for it and everything. I wasn't ready for it. But yeah, you know what they say? They got flip-flops and shorts and ready to go. Maybe Today's the best decision. I need to be baptized today and, and confess my love for Jesus today. Confess who I'm following today. And some of you may, I'm telling you, there's some best decisions that you need to make even right now. And it doesn't take a whole lot of best decisions. It just takes a few best decisions to change the course of your entire life, but not just your life. Think of the generations after you. Think of the, the grandchildren, the nephews, the niece. Think of, watch this, what, there's some best decisions. It's good for you to go to work, but it's probably the best decision for you to be the star employee to take care of the company. I mean, there's so many best decisions decisions that we need to make in our life, not just good decisions. Not all decisions are between good and bad. And remember, that's easy. Sometimes it's between what's good and what's best. Making those best decisions. My queen and I, we try to fight. We don't get it. We don't always get it right. I Man, I can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit and it's like our GPS is like recalculating route, right? Make next available U-turn because I, I made a, a dumb decision or a good decision. But God is always trying to get us to make the best. Have you noticed even GPS, uh, you know, Siri, I never met Siri, but you know how they always choose the best route? Would y'all be okay with just good? You type in your coordinates. Uh, here's, the, here's a good one. <laughs> You go to the doctor to have surgery, we don't have the best, but he's good. He'll work. No, what do we want? The best. Because the best is impactful. And I'm not talking about, again, in profit or anything. I'm talking about, no, making that best decision. Sometimes the best decision maybe will cost you. But it turns out, on the other end, it impacts long term, though. Are y'all hearing this today? Let's pray. Most heavenly gracious Father, God, we just thank you that people heard your word today, that we all heard your word, that, man, they're sitting there right now in their seats and they're saying, man, I need to make not just good decisions. I've been, I've been great. I've been awesome at that, making good decisions, but all decisions are between good and bad. Sometimes they're between what's good and what's best. And God, we know that in order to make the best decision, we need to have you involved. And so maybe you're sitting here today saying, man, I don't, I don't know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but, you know, I made a good choice to come to church today, but how about you make that best decision and get Jesus in your life tonight? Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, you shall be saved. 
And so even sitting in your chair right now, you can make that confession right now and believe in your heart, and you will be saved. And then some of you are like, man, you know what? I need to make that best decision. I need to declare who I live for. And, and baptism is, is, is it's, it's an in, outward expression of what has happened on the inside. And I need to let people know that, man, this is who I'm following. This is, this is my best decision that I've made. That's the best decision I know I've ever made in my life was to give my life fully to Jesus. And it's paying me Oh, man, there's nothing I can even add up to amount with all the blessings that have been in my life, even in the hard times, to be walking with Jesus and knowing I'm not alone. And so, God, I thank you today that your word came through and it's pierced the hearts of the people that, that are here today. And, God, we thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. God bless you guys. Amen.